0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Borellis. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate, personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and we have a special voiceover master with us for this episode, Deborah Sperling. She wears her emotions on her sleeve. She is so real, so authentic. And one of the most enjoyable conversations I have had, I guess most honest conversations I've had with anybody in a really long time, she's had an unusually successful career as a voiceover artist, which I think speaks to who she is. And she just brings her full self to every single audition. And it works. I have signed up for her voiceover class. I am looking forward to it so much because, A, I haven't taken a class in a really long time, but B, of course, voiceovers is like that mecca that people just don't know how to break into or how to get good at. So learning from the best, I am really, really excited. Please find me online on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening now. And everybody, please enjoy this episode with Deborah Sperling.
2: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here
1: you go. One, two, three. You are familiar with today's guest and you probably have never realized it. You've heard her voice Probably everywhere you've looked, you really have. She's been the voice of Cascade and Pampers and Johnson and Johnson and Kellogg's Weight Watchers, the Oxygen Network, Discovery, VH1, Charmin, (gasps) Citibank, and just so many more. And she's an avid teacher and coach on top of everything else that we are about to talk about. Such a lovely voiceover artist, something that we don't often get to talk about on this podcast. So I'm super excited to welcome Deborah Sperling. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Hey, Alan. Hi. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I need to just... The audiophile in me needs to geek out on how... Clear and crisp your your record your voices right now. i <laughs> so many uh, uh, interviews over over the Squadcast here, the platform we use to record, and it's people you know like with their AirPods and and whatnot, and yeah. no microphone at all, and giant rooms. And uh, you have this wonderful wonderful studio with this wonderful yeah. mic, and I appreciate. I was it so debating
2: much. before we went on which mic to put which mic to use, but I think I think I made the right choice from your comment.
1: Oh, you sent amazing. <laughs> (laughs) You said amazing, yeah. (laughs) So you you, are—you—you make your living doing voiceovers, and not many people can say that. I do. You are very, very fortunate, and 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 very, very grateful. (laughs) I rattled off all of this stuff at the beginning, and I stopped because otherwise we'd be here all day listing off all of your accomplishments. And I love—I love the world of voiceovers, and it's so—it's still so nebulous to me. So hopefully. For myself and for people listening, I, I want to get into um, sort of best practices. And and uh, I guess, well, let's start let's start at the beginning. Were you, were you originally wanting to be a performer of any type, an actress, uh, TV, movie, I, well, theater?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm a voiceover. I make my living as a voiceover artist. And that, to me, is an actor- and I use the microphone. But my whole life, yeah, I went to the High School of Performing Arts um, and studied theater, like the Fame School in Manhattan. And uh, then I went to the University of Buffalo, and I got a BA in theater. And I studied for a semester at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. I have a master's degree and MFA in acting from Case Western Reserve. Yeah, I've been I've been an actor since... I mean, I feel like I was born this way. (laughs) I was born this way. I was born with this. Yeah, voiceovers, um, unfortunately, I I feel that in our country, you can't make the kind of living that you can make in other countries when you want to go into straight theater, uh, especially Shakespeare.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Um, So... That was that was definitely disheartening. I mean, when you when you are in London, I don't know if you've ever been, but when you're in London, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. People go to the theater the way we go to the movies. Yeah, like when I first went, I was all dressed up, and and you know our classmates, we walk in, and there are people literally like sitting on the 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 set. Just and and they're in jeans, and they're eating ice cream. And I was so disgusted until I had to wrap my head around. They do this three times a week. Like this <laughs> isn't a special occasion that they're that they're going to see Ian McKellen as Yaga, which is what we were, you know, th- th- this is just something that they do. So uh, yeah, and and voiceovers, I've been doing this for a very long time. For twenty six years, uh, and and in in the beginning, it wasn't something. My agent sent me out on an audition. I didn't really even know what voiceovers were because they weren't very commonly talked about. Because celebrities did not do any voiceovers unless it was overseas. What's the Bill Murray movie with Scarlett Johansson about? Oh, um, oh gosh, Brain Freeze. Ah, uh, Lost in Translation. Yes, lost in Translation. Okay, okay. okay. I know everyone out there is thinking, oh, lost in translation. Just screaming at their uh, speakers right now. Right. Yeah. right yeah. yeah. That couldn't be made today because everybody is not just even doing voiceovers, they're doing on-camera commercials, and it's totally it's totally fine or accepted now. But uh, that world's that world was kind of a very small, small little world at the time. And I came in, um my agent thought I had an interesting voice and I was really fortunate to book the second thing that I auditioned for. And I think a lot of it is absolutely my my acting training. And I think also having the confidence that I booked that second thing to just feel like, okay, i i'm I'm good at this. And I think that confidence is such an important thing. And it's one of the things I talk about when when uh, when I'm teaching and coaching that feeling of knowing um, that you on a microphone, Is enough bringing you, bringing yourself, and not feeling like you have to just push and do something crazy or be uh, have that insecurity that that you're not enough um, is something that's hard to get to. And I really do think when I when I go back and think about it, I think the fact that I was fortunate enough to book the second job really gave me that confidence to go forward. And I wonder, I wonder if my career path would be the same if. That hadn't happened, and it had been months until I booked something. It's funny; I never really thought about it as much as I'm thinking about it right now. But, but I really bet it would not have been the same.
1: Well, for this is a an audio only podcast. I'm grinning from ear to ear. Um, <laughs> I I have two questions coming out of this. One you said is your agent thought you, or someone said you said someone thought you had an interesting voice. So what makes an interesting voice, right? Well, so that's the first thing. Okay. And, and oh, now I forgot my second question.
2: Well, I, I want to say something about, okay. the, about the interesting voice thing. I, I believe that, I believe everybody has an interesting voice.
1: <laughs> me.
2: I think the thing that actually gets you the job that gets people interested is bringing your authentic self to the microphone. I think if you line up especially now where the read that everybody wants is someone really talking, the conversational read is the read that everyone wants on everything now. The host read. And I I I like to think that the aspect of that and bringing myself to the script is what always helped me get the jobs that I've had, being able to bring me but now it is it is so important and What I will tell you is, if you, I believe that if you take, let's say, 10 people and you line them up and you just ask them to say a few words, you're like, oh, that's a cool voice. Oh, he's got a cool voice. He has a really interesting voice. And you have them all do an audition. It's not going to be about how the person's voice sounds. That's not going to be what's going to get them the job. It's going to be, do I believe this person is really talking? (laughs) do i feel like i'm drawn in listening to them it's not going to be the raspy sound or the way they speak i mean even morgan freeman like yes that voice you could listen to him read the phone book however he is so present and available and authentic when he's speaking And if he wasn't i don't think it would be as moving even though he sounds like butter (laughs)
1: <laughs> that that actually leads me to what my second question was i remembered it and it it was that you're talking about having confidence bring yourself and and know that your voice is is good enough right because especially when you can't see somebody when you're only listening you start to imagine and you pick up on the little nuances of people's voices and i i tell people all the time when when i'm asking for voiceover work from others for various projects, I say just if it's happy, make sure you're smiling, right? You can tell, you can hear if you're not oh, looking yeah. at somebody, if yeah. people are smiling. Yeah. So the the like the way that people's voices waver if they're a little unsure about something, like you pick up on all of that in such maybe a conscious way, but mostly I think unconscious, because we as humans are are
2: Yes, yes. Are, Yes, you're you're yes because when a human being is actually really talking and connected you cannot help but lean in and listen. And the crazy thing is the things that you just said about the smile or that quiver in the voice I would put out there that it is not something that you can fake. Right. I would put out there that 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 people try to do that and pretend to be happy and smiling, pretend to be emotional and make their voice quiver. It's so much more fun, so much easier, and so much more creative to actually make a choice so you're really happy, so you're really (laughs) there, so you're really in the moment. When I teach, I say, I tell people to stop acting words, stop acting the words because people don't talk like this and stress words like this when they're speaking. They don't. When you're really connected, the funny thing is there's not a lot of waving wavering up and down. Mm-hmm. There's talking and those nuances that come out when you're really, really speaking to somebody.
1: Isn't and, that isn't that more about like uh kind of dabbling in like Meistern technique where yeah. when you're doing lines, you're just repeating it over and over and over right. again until it becomes so natural that you don't realize you're saying
2: it. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, an exercise that I teach in my authenticity and voiceover class has a lot to do—not necessarily with Meisner, but a lot to do with getting out of thinking about the words and thinking more about what am who am I speaking to, and what am I doing with these words? How what am I trying to affect? How am intent. I using these words? to affect the person that I'm speaking to. And the words could literally be blah, 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 blah. doesn't matter. It's who am I talking to and what am I using the words to do? And when you're really connected to that, all of a sudden, this, this freedom happens where you're not thinking about, am I stressing the right word? Mm-hmm. It's like if I asked you right now, Alan, um, how, do, how do I make you feel when I'm talking to you? You you would probably say I don't know what you would say, but but I tell you what you wouldn't say. You wouldn't say I don't think Deb stresses the right words in her sentences when she talks. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nobody yeah. thinks about that. Nobody thinks about that. But when people do auditions, that's what they that's what they start thinking about. Am I stressing the right word? And then all of a sudden, you become non human.
1: It becomes mechanical at that yeah. point. Yeah. And it's like you said, it sounds fake. I, I that's that's the difference, in my opinion, between acting and being. To be a good actor is two points, or two, two big things. One is active listening. I say this all the time on the podcast. is listen, yeah. listen, listen, which in voiceover work, it kind of it is not all that important because you can't see. But listening and being. Don't act happy, just be happy. And I know it's not that simple. Like we're oversimplifying the process. Well,
2: it's more, it's certainly more fun. And I have to say now, for those of you, um, this is a Broadway podcast. uh, So Stephen McKinley Henderson uh, was one of my very first mentors and, and my teacher at the University of Buffalo. And so his definition of acting takes Stanislavski's a little bit further. And it is, acting is living truthfully and fully under imaginary circumstances with the intention of revealing or exposing something about the nature of being human. And I love that definition. Wow. Because we are human. And I tell people all the time, these conversations happen on voiceover sites on... um, Facebook. There are all kinds of voiceover sites on Facebook. And people <laughs> Facebook talk. the go-to, up,
1: the go-to place <laughs> for advice on voiceover.
2: <laughs> people talk about being so scared that AI will take over our jobs and AI is getting so great and it really sounds like it's a person. And I'm not worried about AI taking my job mm-hmm. Be- because, because AI doesn't have a soul. AI doesn't have a real life. And also... What I love to say is you're never competing, even if it's people, you're never competing with anybody else for a role ever. You're competing with yourself to be the most authentic you you can be. So you love the process. You enjoy the process. You get to bring a piece of yourself every time you hit record. And whether it's an audition, whether it's a booking, whether you're reading scripts, whatever it is that you're doing, you get to enjoy the process and that's that's 99% of your entire life is the process uh, n- not just your life as as an artist um doing auditions over and over again but your whole like life real life is it the whole thing is a work in progress and it's a process and you need to enjoy the journey and that also reads on the microphone also it reads on the microphone Your joy, your gratitude, it reads on the microphone if you're scared, if you're desperation, I need this job. All of that. I mean, the eyes are the windows to the soul. I think the microphone is just as uh, wonderful in terms of picking up everything when it's real and when it's not real. You lean in when someone's really talking. Mm -hmm. You, You just do.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that goes back to the unconscious perception of of joy or or of emotion. It's it's you want to listen to some to people that are happy, and yeah, I I I completely agree with you. But I wanted to to touch on the process. You brought that up a second ago. Is across everything you've done, like you know, how do you approach a a a a new audition that is like Citibank versus Pampers? I, I would think that that's two different types of Tones or or are you are you Deborah are you different versions of Deborah in every read? Or how do you kind of decide?
2: Okay, so what I'll tell you is, you're different versions of Alan in every single person you speak to. You don't you don't talk to your grandmother the same way you talk to a four year old child, the same way you talk to a stranger, the same way you talk to someone you are in awe of when they come on this podcast, or someone that you feel like you wish would leave your life forever. You (laughs) you speak to every single person in your life differently, just by the nature of who you are and who they are, and you definitely also speak differently what do you want from them right oh. what do you want from them when you're talking to them like for right now you're talking to me maybe wanting to pull information out of me you want this podcast you know the, what what's all the other things going on you want the podcast to be a success you want, there's when real life is there we it's it might be unconscious but it's what creates how we talk wow so so you have to make those choices for yourself, at least that's how I feel about it. You have to make those choices for yourself um, almost instantaneously. Now that we're um, most, I mean, it's very sad to me, but but I would say 99% of voiceover auditions and things are still being done because of COVID in our home studios. And I miss casting directors and I miss engineers and I miss that Creativity and having a casting director tell me, "Okay, we want this," or throwing a choice at me and just bringing it out. Just my brain doesn't have to work at all when I have the the beauty and the talent of a casting director there. So now, being in an isolation home studio booth, as beautiful as my booth is, it's one hundred percent up to me in this most situations now to make those choices and it's so easy to get stagnant and just start thinking when you're alone okay am i hitting the right word does this sound right let me listen over and over and over again instead of keeping it fresh keeping it fun making choices keeping it fun for yourself um keeping your energy and your creativity up by the choices that you make
1: i i was while you were saying this i was i was reading back through the intro that I, that i wrote you know for you and i was at uh, thinking about the joy and the excitement that I had in reading that intro because it, I knowing <laughs> it was going to lead into this wonderful conversation and so you're exactly right because if I had said you're familiar with today's <laughs> guest and you probably never even realized it I mean you've heard her voice everywhere you really <laughs> have. like that's that's not engaging right <laughs> right So it's, yeah, I completely, I completely get this. And I I guess there's, there's part of, oh God, there's so many parallels to like actual being on stage and TV and film acting. Like there's an it that some people have.
2: But it, but it is, but it is the same. It is the same thing because when you're on stage, you are not. You're never thinking. I mean, if it, well, some people are. We don't probably see them usually on Broadway, but um, you, you're never ever thinking about how the words are coming out of your mouth. Then you're not connected <laughs> to the moments, right? And it's just this horribly stale performance with no nuance. And also, doing how many shows a week? I mean, and and tr- and just hitting how do I stress these words every night? No one would want to be an actor. The beauty and the fun in it is you make new discoveries every night you get off stage. You're like, Oh, that moment tonight when that happened and that happened, it was totally new and real. And it, always, always challenging yourself, always being prepared in the moment to just let yourself be, let yourself react, let yourself uh, be authentically yourself in that situation, and revealing or exposing something about the nature of being human.
1: Oh, I love that. It, well, it's all, it's all about that. And what about cartoons and video games and things that aren't human, right? Because, oh. Oh, go ahead.
2: No, 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 I'm not, not my, not my, I can, I can give you like three names of people that you should have on your podcast. Okay. I do not do animation. I do not do audio books uh, at all. So much so that I've never, people laugh at me. I've never listened to an audiobook in my entire life. I've never listened to an audiobook. Really? I've never narrated an audiobook. It is it is something I know nothing about. Cartoons. I don't do animation. Uh, video games. I. <laughs> I was the voice of the hooker in the Max Payne video in Max Payne Two. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you get far enough in that game, you'll, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll get a little treat. <laughs> little, little, little did I know when I did that that it was going to be on IMDb or wherever it was, and it says um, Max Payne Two, Deborah Sperling, hooker.
1: <laughs> so yeah well that that's something that actually until now never really occurred to me that I thought vo was just vo and you kind of did different things all over the the, the you know oh. the poo the poo platter right but I guess like a, I'm thinking of a Sarah Styles right so so Steven universe she's got a very like like a very cartoony sort of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. character voice yeah. right so she can play play up to that very well so she there's that sort of thing, and James Monroe Iglehart, I know, like, has been doing some cartoony, charactery stuff, and yeah. So I guess, but like, the timbre and the tone of people's voices must lead them to to be predisposed to different sort of um, sh- sub genres within this niche.
2: Yes, I'm. I'm absolutely. I'm absolutely sure that that is true. And to have the flexibility with your voice now. Now, vocally, I have a very big uh, range in my voice. So I can be here and sound like this. I can also make a very horrible sound and bring my voice even lower down. I can make an even more horrible sound, uh, which I won't (laughs) do on this microphone um, and rub my sinuses. And I can get my voice up really high just naturally. And I would sound a lot younger if I did that. I'm trying to do it without making that sound, which isn't acting younger. It's placing my voice in a different place in my head. And I do that before. I am on the microphone. So I'm never on the mic thinking about, is my voice low enough? Or is my voice sounding young? Because then again, it would take me out of the moment. So all that preparation I do very quickly before I hit record so that I'm not thinking about it consciously. But, but you know what, the, um, there, there is such a large range of things that, that, you can do even without doing cartoons or uh, video games. I mean, I do video game stuff that's, that's real. Like, you know what I mean? Like a lot, a lot of video game stuff now is they just want real, Mm -hmm. real people. Mm -hmm. They, They don't, they don't necessarily want it to sound like this or you know whatever whatever
1: it <laughs> I mean is. we're bad guys
2: yeah, right, right 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 exactly so uh, so that's one thing i mean i mean back in the day i was the voice of the google answering google's answering service like they're, Shut up. Um, yeah i know i know right wow. yeah yeah a uh, little connection there like um hi welcome to google like that all all of that wow um, that's so cool <laughs> i was i was saving that for you um <laughs> But there, I mean, there's there's so many different things that people don't even, even realize where voiceovers come in or where you hear people's voices. When I first started doing this, people would ask me, what do you do? I'd say, I'm a voiceover artist. And they would look at me with this really odd look. What is that? I'm like, you know, when you turn on your TV, well, what do you mean? So, and promos is so different than commercials, than narration. Like I narrate television shows is a different thing than doing voiceovers for commercials, which is a different thing than promos. When I was doing the Oxygen Network or WeTV, the whole coming up next Friday on WeTV and then, you know, all all of that stuff. Very, love those jobs. Love those jobs to be a voice of a network and and just be able to do so many different things all day long, um, especially when you actually get to be in the network and not at home, but you get to physically be there. Once again,
1: COVID. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a short break Stay tuned for more of the episode.
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Voiceovers and and commercials seem like sort of the this long sought after these dream jobs, right? Because you you don't need to worry about. More or less, what you're what you're wearing, what you look like. Commercials a little bit more, obviously, because you're on camera. But the in terms of work time, like you go in for a couple hours or a couple days, and then you get paid a ton of money, and and then never come back again, unless they need you for the next thing, right? It's not yeah. like an eight show a week th- theater yeah. sort yeah. of thing. And I mean, I just want to acknowledge the 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 amount of sheer, uh, I guess, your credits, right? The amount of sheer. Fortunate circumstances you have found yourself in, yeah. and and, and, in, and in no small part due to your talent and your drive and your your confidence, right? Like it's well deserved, and so allow me to speak your accolades for you because you're an amazing person to talk to and an amazing person. Obviously, like you're you're greeting very well, like <laughs> you're you're. Just listening to you in like, if I close my eyes and listen to you, like your voice, the voice is pleasant. You do have a, I I, I know what your agent means now by like having a unique voice because it's, it's expressive without being, well, just expressive, full stop. Like you're not acting like you're happy. You just are happy.
2: Right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, right, right. And, and and thank you for everything you just said. None of it um, has ever been lost on me. The the gratitude like I am so eternally grateful and grateful to every single person that has ever signed me in an, at an audition or opened a door or an engineer that has helped make me sound amazing casting directors that without them I wouldn't have ever had these jobs I've just all of it just the life pre covid <laughs> uh, the, the life of running around new york city all day long seeing amazing casting directors seeing friends auditioning with you bumping into people on the subway running from audition to audition to job to job seeing engineers and 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 people sitting at the desk that you know that 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 are bookkeeping for just all all of it it's the family i feel like the entire thing is just this wonderful family. And I, the gratitude and love I have for what I do is, uh, I honestly, there really are no words. I'm, I am so,
1: I'm so grateful. Well, you pay it, you pay it forward too. You are, you're actively teaching and coaching and you do purposely like small classes now Through because of COVID over Zoom and whatnot, right? So like, talk to me about the teaching side of life because uh, you're obviously, I mean, if I may, you're successful enough that financially you don't need to teach. That's true. Um, So why do you do this?
2: I, it is, I love it so much. I I learn from my students. I love it so much. When I was getting my master's degree um, at CASE, I was fortunate enough, I taught the undergraduate acting classes. When I was getting my master's, and it, I love teaching. I mean, even when, when Stephen McKinley Henderson, I was his TA for three years in in Buffalo. I've always loved, loved teaching, and 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 it's not just paying it forward. It's 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 help. I mean, I guess it's paying it forward, but but just being involved in that creative process and being able to be there and witness and help someone to discover to be there for their discovery that they're enough or to be there for their discovery that they've they've I I, they're uh, yeah I I know for someone who's so I it it chokes me up it chokes me up um so I have always coached since I really probably about I don't know two or three years into into doing voiceovers when people would ask me oh I would really like to know more about this and can I hire you I would go and I would work with people or talk to them about the craft and work on scripts with them and back in the day I didn't I didn't even charge anyone and people were like what are you crazy I was like well I just I don't need to charge it I just love it and it's not like I'm doing it every single day and it makes me happy so when when COVID hit um just the disconnection everybody had was heartbreaking enough. And then I saw something else that really broke my heart, which was there were so many people that came out of the woodwork on Zoom that were not in the business, that were all of a sudden coaching. Hmm. People that hadn't been on a microphone for 25 years um people just I I don't it's I don't want to go into it but just a a lot of people that had no business coaching were coaching and I'm not saying people that can't do like all of that things you know if you if you can't do you teach if you go I mean all of all of that stuff I'm not saying that I'm saying I know For a fact that there were people stealing money from, from basically from people, and it infuriated me, and I also miss teaching so much, and the connection that happens when you are one-on-one, and because of Zoom uh, was so amazing, and my class authenticity and voiceover is a one-night three and a half hour class, and I explain it to people as to think of it as a small group acting class it's a maximum of six people Mm -hmm. a lot of times only five and everyone's on the screen all together no one's pinned it is one it is just a group it is a group of six people that come together and at the end feel really connected to each other. And especially at a time when everyone was wearing masks and you couldn't even see people, to be able to create that kind of safe space and be able to have creativity happening and people opening up and authenticity coming through, it it was, uh, it was life-saving. It really was, especially, and I know how much it meant to people that were living alone. mm mm-hmm. It meant, I, I I feel like it saved me because, yeah, it's, what teaching has given me over the past year is, uh, is immeasurable. Just to be able to help guide people toward that and the relationships and to be able to witness such amazing creativity and bravery and, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, next time I see you in person, I'm going to give you the biggest, longest <laughs> hug. I think we both need it at this point in the, in the pandemic. No, uh, pandemic. Uh, I, so I first met you when you were on Josh Swallows Broadway with Josh Woo-hoo! Newman's podcast. Right? <laughs> and you told a story that I thought was hilarious that from Long Island, you had a deep, deep Long Island accent,
2: Queen, more Queens, but or yes, Queens. I used to. Well, no, I lived on the border of Queens and Long Island, and I used to talk like this. And I actually, like even when I went, when I went to the high school of performing arts, it, sometimes it's even hard for me to get get back into it. Um, but but when when I went there, you had to um, you had to be from the, the, like the five boroughs, and my zip code was actually right on the border <laughs> of of uh, Queens and Nassau County. So, I had to even prove that my house was in Queens after I got in, or they they wouldn't let me go because my zip code was a Long Island zip code. But, yes, I used to talk like this. I used to say, "Oh my God." I used to say coffee." Um I watch all videos of me with my brothers. And it, yeah, so this is how I talked. But back in the day, in uh, in high school, they, yeah, they they would they would say, you know, get in line or we're going to send you back to your zone school. So, um, <laughs> so that would have That's been for so me Martin Van Buren High School in Queens, which is not really where I wanted to go. I liked being in the middle of Manhattan uh, and <laughs> going to high school. I didn't mind getting up at four o'clock in the morning and taking uh, two buses and three trains to get to high school. Uh, so I used to walk around talking like this because it needed to be very conscious for me in the beginning uh, of every sound that I was making. So I am I know all my friends would make fun of me in Queens, but because I I was overdoing it because I just needed it to become second nature for me. And that was the process I needed to go through. And thank God that I did, because <laughs> if I was talking like this, And like I said, in Josh's podcast, I have um, when I talk about it, I have producers that have me then like at the end of a session. They'll have me do a take like this and and just as a joke for themselves or to send to the client as a joke. Oh, well, we're looking for approval on this spot. We just got what we think is Deb's um, best take. What do you think? And. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, cascade, let your dishwasher be the dishwasher, you know, or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing. I'm horrible with, ac- with accents. I don't do accents at all. That is just, that, that's just used to be my voice. So I can fall into it, but, but yeah.
1: <laughs> I thought it was something funny you said too, was that you thought the forehead was legitimately far head. Oh, or, for, or F-A-U-R, F-O-U-R. Oh, yeah. No,
2: no, no. And and so okay. So something I didn't say, which I think is really funny, uh, that the forehead thing, I never saw the word written down, and it's not a word you use all the time, by the forehead. way. But I was I was teaching. This is when I was in grad school. I didn't tell this story. I was teaching, and I would do these uh, meditations before we work on certain days. And so I would have everybody laying down on their back. Um, And now I hear my mother, things lay, people lie, or lying down on their back. Uh, And I would talk about, there's a smooth, fluid, blue liquid. And you're just going to feel it going up through your spine. And you're going to take a deep breath in. And take a deep breath out and let out all the negativity. And now let that blue liquid go up the back of your spine to the top of your head. Take another deep breath in and another breath out and let out all the negativity. And now that blue liquid is going to go right into your forehead. And and, and it's going to go right into your forehead. And (laughs) I had two people like open their eyes and look at me. And I, I don't know if it was during the exercise or the exercise stopped, or but that day I learned very quickly that the word is not F A R H E A D, <laughs> it is forehead and not farhead, especially when you're doing this beautiful meditation and you say the word farhead. <laughs> <laughs> and you over enunciated so they could feel the beauty of the word that doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like wait a second, am I supposed to be projecting myself to some other place?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was That's really not- it was really funny. And I didn't I didn't learn that till much much later on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. What did you say? You were in grad school. That's that's quite a long time. But that's that's really funny. That I, I it speaks to it speaks to a lot of uh, I guess is what what we pay attention to. I I think it's fascinating how people's brains differ like that. Like some people see uh, you know can feel colors or they can see yeah. uh, see sounds or um, the the way that uh, like some people just you literally how many times in a book right did you read the word forehead and it just didn't. You know, was like, oh, okay, cool. And whereas other people can't hear the nuances between different people's voice inflections or whatever the case is. So I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm, all this psychology of the brain is, is so amazing to me. And I think I missed out as a second life as a, as like this deep dive psych, psychiatrist or psychologist yeah. or something. Oh, but.
2: I feel, I feel that way too. I, I people tell, um, there are people who say, "Oh, take Deb's class. You'll cry. She'll cry." But it's an amazing class. I'm like, "What? I'll cry? It's a voiceover class. It's it's I would say it's also a therapy class. Um, it's not a therapy class. It is it is trying to help people get to the place where they realize that they're absolutely enough, 100% authentically themselves. And sometimes when people realize that, it opens up a lot of stuff. Yeah, to really just sit with the fact that i'm okay just being me and i'm more than okay i'm captivating and beautiful and yeah when you really are able to realize that it's sometimes tears (laughs) come
1: yeah it's it's there's a lot of uh of insecurity and imposter syndrome especially in these, this business of performing. I mean, that's why a lot of people get into it. But I think this is a, a beautiful place to wrap up. Okay. And I want to I end with the three standard closing questions that okay. I ask everybody on the podcast. The first one, just very simply.
2: James Lipton? No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very simply, if you were James Lipton, no. Um, very simply, what motivates you?
2: <sighs> Joy.
1: Oh, I love that. Okay, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? <sighs> um,
2: the advice I would give to myself is to... Uh, damn you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> um, the advice I would give to myself is to trust that you're enough and you have something beautiful and special to give even though you're from Queens (laughs) Mm. Uh, I don't know if she would listen but I would try my hardest
1: (laughs) that's beautiful thank you and so now hardest question last one if you can only see one show for the rest of your life but you can see as many times as you want what would you see?
2: oh my goodness gracious oh that's so hard there's (laughs) there's Oh, um, wh- one show or one performance?
0: Your choice. To, Your choice.
2: Okay, I have to say, I have to say that seeing Ben Platt do Evan mm. in person—it, I know people call him the unicorn. Uh, To be able, talk about authenticity, to be able to bring that level of truth to every single performance along with that level of technique. (laughs) And I'm not a, I'm not a singer. I'm actually tone deaf, which is a whole nother thing, how I have this career. But to be able to do that, I, I think I had my mouth open and tears running down my face the entire show. But that was that was him. It yeah. was. It was. I was in awe of what he was able to do. So,
1: so the um, the OBC of Dear Evan Hansen with Ben. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Snot <laughs> snot falling from his nose and still yeah. perfectly hitting all of those notes. I agree with you.
2: Yeah. It's, Very ha- yes. few people. I just. So, I mean. And and I I mean I also saw the original cast of Hamilton which which is like right uh, absolutely up there and yeah I mean there's just so many could 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 go on and on but yeah.
1: So then where can we connect with you find you online get information about all of your coaching
2: Oh um thank you DebraSperling.com. d e b r a s p e r l i n g
1: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast on facebook.com slash official theater podcast. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening right now. This has been edited by well-rounded hoodlum productions. Thank you to jukebox the ghost for the intro and the outro music and Deborah Sparling. Holy cow. Thank you for such a real genuine and authentic conversation I cannot wait to give you that in person hug. You are just such a beautiful person inside and out. I love it. I love it.
2: Thank you, Alan. Thank you for having me on. It's been really wonderful.
1: Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful.